All right. What is up, Crip Nation? It's your favorite host here, Bryson Pizza Mine, coming at you live from San Diego. And today we are joined by Loy Lou, uh, the founder of Kyber Network. So, Loy, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, guys. Thanks, thanks for having me. Man, we couldn't be more stoked. Pizza Mind, how are you doing over there? We're not together today when we're recording this, but uh, life's good by you too, man. You're feeling better? Life's always better when you're next to me, but I'm doing okay <laughs> without you today. Really, really excited we get a chance to talk to Loy Lou and learn more about what Kyber Network is doing for crypto. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like the last like three or four episodes, we're just like, yo, I'm getting over being sick. You're getting over being sick. But I feel like tomorrow is going to be the perfect day because we're going to be better. <laughs> and Loy, Loy was sick last time. We were trying to do this episode forever, it feels like, and everybody's just kind of been sick. So anyhow, enough about that. Everybody's feeling better. Um, let's just jump into it, Loy, real quick. Tell us a little bit about your background um, and why you got into crypto and you know why you started Kyber Network. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to share. Um, you know, um, so it was... Um, I, I got in. Okay, I got into crypto back in uh, you know late 2013 and early 2014 uh, when I was uh, doing my research in uh, applied cryptography, and then I uh, you know I stumbled in uh, onto a, an article on I think on Bloomberg or on Forbes about uh, you know uh, Bitcoin and how it how it uh, rise you know to all time high back then and then and what's the value of Bitcoin things like that. And then I got really curious about, you know, what is this new thing called Bitcoin and blockchain? And, and what is it, what, uh, you know, if, and, and, and uh, I'm, I was curious to see whether there's anything for me to do there, right? Because as a researcher, I always, you know, look for, uh, you know, problems uh, and a research problem for me to, to solve. Um, and, you know, after digging into the mailing list of uh, the Bitcoin dev, I, I, I got really interested in it. And I managed like, to convince my, uh, you know, PhD supervisor to, you know, let me to start doing like full-time research on on Bitcoin blockchain, and then later on is uh, is Ethereum when 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 they launch, um, yeah, and and then I just you know started doing full-time research on it uh, during my PhD program uh, at NUS here in Singapore. That's that's how I started, and then uh, you know uh, we we started like you know building tools uh, for the for the uh, you know Ethereum blockchain, uh, writing uh, you know research paper about uh, you know security uh, problems, about uh, how to scale up the public blockchains and, and things like that. Um, and uh, I think we were the first uh, group, um, the first academic academic group to release a uh, you know a security. Uh, analyzer for a smart contract on Ethereum, and then we also like release uh, the first uh, sharding, uh, you know, the first uh, you know protocol uh, for public uh, blockchain use uh, sharding, and and Silica is a blockchain is the first blockchain that that got in, in inspired uh, from that uh, that paper as well. Um, Could you repeat that? What was that called? Silica. Z- Zilica. Zilica. Oh, Zilica. Yes. Sorry, wonderful. Yeah, um, and. Uh, yeah, and and um, you know, in uh, early 2000, 2017, to, together with uh, you know a couple of other co-founders, well, you know, we just we just you know, as uh, curious as uh, you know, uh, because we we all were like researcher and academic, uh, you know, having academic background, we were like you know, what's the other problem that you know all the cryptocurrency uh, users uh, or the community are, are having but no one is actually really solving it and then we look around uh you know we just we, we realized that 
you know, uh, although uh, we will talk about, you know, public blockchain, decentralization, trustless nature of it, but a lot of us are still using uh, centralized in this. Uh, and there are a lot of hacking incident, internal fraud and things like that. That's why we decided like, you know, this is the problem that we need to solve. This is the problem that are going to impact millions of people uh, when things go bad, right? Um, so that's how we uh, started looking at uh, building a, a centralized trading solution. Um, and, a couple, and, and, and a few months later, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll start the Kyber Network. That sounds amazing. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of decentralized exchanges out there. Uh, this is kind of a fun one, but what would you say is the most impressive stat that Kyber Network has in your mind? I think since we uh, started, we always uh, optimize for, for two things, right? First of all, it's uh, usability. Uh, we really want to make it you know, super easy uh, for even the mainstream users to start uh, using uh, decentralized trading, right? And, and the second one is we optimize for integration. As in, we want to make it like extremely easy and basically no, no uh, barrier uh, for any uh, other DAP, any other smart contract to integrate with Kyber, right? Uh, so that's why, you know, so far uh, we have been growing in terms of number of users, number of transactions, and number of platforms and other DAP uh, that are integrating with Kyber and using uh, Kyber as the trading layer. And in, in all the numbers, we are, we are uh, leading uh, the decentralized trading space at the moment in Ethereum. What are the problems that you guys are trying to solve by having a decentralized exchange? I think um, you know the. I think all the decentralized uh, uh, you know exchanges uh, are solving a similar problem, right? Uh, you know they they want to offer a secure and and uh, safe environment for the users to trade decentralized to trade cryptocurrencies, and and uh, Kyber is is even more optimized in the uh, usability aspect, as in it's going to be decentralized and trustless, but also it has to be very easy, very user-friendly, right, for, for anyone to use. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, we also want to uh, provide uh, the decentralized agendas for the, for the, uh, for the uh, DAP and for, for the smart contract as well, because, you know, the way we design Kyber is that we, we run everything on the smart contract, so that makes it extremely easy for a smart contract for DAP uh, to integrate with us, and they don't have to, uh, you know, uh, trust any uh, centralized agendas, right? Because if um, there are there are a couple of other models that actually have, uh, you know, a centralized agents uh, a centralized server in the middle, because they use a hybrid model, right? Um, and if you know, the moment that you introduce a centralized server there, there's a bridge of trust, right? Like you have to trust that centralized server to, to uh, you know, behave honestly. But for Kyber, we run everything fully on-chain. Uh, you can monitor, you can verify all the generation, all the parameters before you can actually trade with Kyber. Um, so that makes it, uh, first of all, fully transparent. And secondly, are very easy to integrate because you basically only need to talk to our smart contract. You don't need to talk to any other uh, third-party server in order to integrate with Kyber. 
Very cool. So, you know, this is kind of probably going to sound kind of funny, but I don't really mean it to be funny. So we talk a lot about my mom on the show and we want to make <laughs> sure that people like my mom uh, understand the importance of decentralization and understand, you know, like all the things that you said make sense to us geeks, right? Where, you know, of course, right. it's important to have on-chain, decentralized, trustless, you know, swaps, peer-to-peer and privacy and all these things. But, you know, a lot of these people that, you know, listen to Crypto 101 and a lot of the people that are trying to get in, 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 in you know, informed about cryptocurrency, none of the fancy schmancy technical talk really matters. So how would you break down, like, the importance of Kyber Network, like, into a couple sentences? Like, why is it so important what you're building? That's very interesting uh, because uh, you know when um, when I talk to other people as well, they are they are also you know well, they have been like trading stocks and bonds and, and and everything all the time, right? And and they 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 uh, look like you know everything is still working for them, but when I tell them about the advantages that Kyber has, uh, they they are just amazed, right? Uh, so uh, often I think there are a couple of features that that really like differentiate what we have and uh, really like you know, raise the bar uh, from the traditional system, like uh, like traditional trading uh, exchanges, right? Uh, so I think uh, a couple of things. Um, the first one is that uh, when you trade, you can just trade immediately, right? Uh, like, you know, if you trade with like stock exchange or even like, you know, centralized cryptocurrency exchange, uh, you have to like you know make the deposit, wait for the confirmation, and things like that. But here at uh, you know at Kyber and and other decentralized exchanges as well, you only need to plug your wallet or you know plug your you know MetaMask or whatever, right? Uh, and then you can just trade immediately. You 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 don't have to wait for for you know, confirmation. You don't have to wait uh, for deposit or things like that. And, and you can just do it right, uh, like right from your wallet. And and secondly. Uh, the settlement, right? If you if you ever trade stock, you have to wait for like T plus one or T plus two. Uh, after you buy the stock, you 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 know you have to wait for a long long time, right? But here everything is just you know after your transaction is done, you just got everything and you can just walk away, right? You don't have to wait until the broker call you and confirm that the trade has been settled, or you know you have to wait until. Uh, the weekend is over and, and, and Mondays, uh, the, the, the weekdays are coming so that uh, you know, other people can confirm and settle the trade for you. Um, but here, everything just works 24-7, right? And it settles immediately uh, so you can have the peace of mind. Um, I think these are, these are the two things that, that uh, when, I, when I talk to other people, like the traditional traders, they're like, wow, they, they never believe that, you know, there are already technology that could help them do that. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I, I feel like one of the things that, you know, you just picked up on and that a lot of people don't think about really is the fact that, you know, cryptocurrency is a 24-7 animal. And whereas traditional financial structures are, you know, five days a week, eight hours a day, and, you know, the world moves a lot quicker than that. So I think you know, one of the helpful ways to think about cryptocurrency, you know, mom, if you're listening, um, I know you are, um, you know, think of it as, you know, cryptocurrency is money at the speed of life, really, and trading and settlement at the speed of life, which is 24-7, globally networked, you know, never takes a day off. And these, all these systems are being automated on the back end through smart contracts. 
Okay, let's just move on and hop on over to the next question. Pizza Mind. What is the difference between a program, a platform, and a protocol? Since we're talking about technical terms, these are three things. They all start with the letter P. They can be very, very confusing as people are learning about these crypto projects and wondering, are these terms used interchangeably to mean the same thing, or is there a difference? Well, would you mind shedding some light on that? Sure. Um, okay, so we have uh, program, protocol, and what's the third one? Platform. Oh, platform. Okay, got it, got it. I guess, uh, you know, protocol is just some specification, right? Like, you know, it's a it's a set of rules that's how things should uh, work and, and how people should interact with each other. Basically, it's just specification, right? And could you give us a, could you give us a real world example of a protocol and, and of each one? Sure, sure. I think I think we can just uh, you know we can just use the internet protocol, right? Like you know there are internet, there are routers. Uh, sorry, there are there are you know your PC, there are router, there are you know the DNS and and all these things. So protocol, the internet protocol basically uh, dictate how HTTP component to talk to each other, what's the message format, and things like that, right? Um, and then the program is what implement the protocol, right? Like for example, uh, you know, in your in your PC, you have some particular program that uh, actually uh, implement all the rules uh, so that your your PC can connect to the internet, right? It can handle all the messages from other uh, you know parties on the internet when they want to talk to your PC, for example, right? Uh, is it clear? And then what was the third one, Pete? Uh, the third one is the platform, right? So the platform is basically is similar to, um, so the platform includes, you know, the program and also um, probably it's, it's broader in a way that it, uh, it allows other people to interact with the program, right? Like, for example, if you, if you launch, uh, you know, if you make your program uh, available so that other people can use, then um, now you you actually make it a platform, right? Like other people can come to your to your platform and start using your program, start using whatever service that that your program can offer. So yeah, basically, I think that's the basic uh, differentiation between all three. Yeah, that that's a perfect description. So would you would you call Kyber Network like a decentralized also liquidity provider? Would that make sense? Um, so for 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 us, uh, we have uh, we sort of like have uh, different things, right? Uh, you know, the, the the main thing that we have been working in the last two years is a protocol, right? So we specify how the liquidity providers should you know work uh, with the with the networks to provide liquidity for others, right? We also have specification for uh, the liquidity takers, like the users, uh, how they should uh, in- interact with the smart contract in order to trade with the providers, right? To take liquidity from the liquidity providers. And we also provide the end user platform so that when the end user, they come to the platform, they can actually do the action. They can actually do the trade, right? And and, and that platform is called KyberSwap that we have at, uh, available on kyberswap.com. Um, and, and iOS and, and Android, right? Uh, yeah. Now, also on uh, iOS and Android as well. 
So guys, go. Um, that's Kyber Swap, K Y B E R Swap, and it's basically like a decentralized exchange where you could go and you could trade any ERC twenty token into another ERC twenty token. And I use it, Loy, and it's pretty freaking slick. Thanks, thanks. I I, I use it all the time. Uh, but if there's good any, notifications too. Yeah, if there's any feedback or suggestion, feel free to talk to the team. Uh, we'll make sure to implement it, uh, you know, uh, as soon as possible. Before we move on, I want just to explain how important liquidity is, especially amongst decentralized exchanges. Please do. This is a huge deal. Let's think of liquidity in terms of non-crypto stuff. Like, let's say liquidity for food would be Grubhub. Love it. You're no longer stuck to going to a restaurant and only ordering what's on their menu. You go to Grubhub or DoorDash, and they literally deliver you anything within you know 10 miles. That's an example of liquidity. But there's an even bigger example of liquidity that we're all familiar with, and that's Amazon. Amazon is a liquidity for goods. Instead of having to go to uh, Active's store for apparel, and then the Nike store, and then the Adidas store, and then outdoor living for a tent, I can order all that because Amazon provides liquidity for all these things in their own warehouses and then delivers it. Brilliant analogy. I love that. That's a perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. And in the same way, KyberSwap kind of does that except for cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's why it's such a big deal. So so there's a token attached to the Kyber network. Is that right? Right. Right. How does that token work? So currently the token is, uh, you know, uh, it serves for several purposes. So the first one is that it serves as a fees uh, uh, of the platform. So that uh, you know, uh, at, for every trade, uh, the the liquidity providers they have to pay uh, you know some uh, small fees to the smart contract, and this smart contract will use the fee to distribute to the wallets or to the to the website that facilitate the trade, right? Uh, and um, a, a, a portion of that is also uh, to be burned, as in to to be taken out of circulation. So this serves two things. Uh, first of all, it facilitates and it incentivizes other people to introduce more users, to serve users better so that they can trade on Kyber because uh, every, uh, every trade happens, they will get some commission fees, right? Uh, so that's why we have like, a lot of wallets uh, that have integrated with Kyber, like Mitre Wallet, uh, Engine Wallet. Uh, we also have uh, you know, Trust Wallet and, of course, Kyber Swap as well. And the second thing is that we are experimenting with the deflation model, as in the more activities happen on Kyber network, uh, the less uh, in terms of number uh, total number of supplied of KNC uh, becomes right. Um, and and this is this is basically the the the, the burning model that uh, a few other popular tokens uh, are uh, experimenting with, like Maker and BNB and and all these tokens. Yeah, it's a really smart idea. And, you know, I think many economists in today's day and age think deflation is the devil uh, because it kind of leads to stagnation in, in growth and stuff. But also on the flip side, you know, deflation is what causes the price of a currency, or I should say the value of a currency to go up over time as opposed to down over time because there's actually a supply side effect whereby you're not actually putting any new currency into circulation. You're actually taking it out. So do you kind of foresee 
a world where, you know, right now we're in an inflationary system, but would we ever adopt an, a deflationary system like worldwide or are there going to be just different currencies you'll have the choice to, to save in? And I don't know, how do you see this all playing out? I think, uh, I think um, first of all, I'm not sure uh, if it ever happens in the real world currency, right? I think the, like, the reason why we could do it in cryptocurrency is because, first of all, everything is just very easy to split. Right, so you 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 could imagine that one uh, uh one currency token now you can split it into like you know millions of even billions of smaller pieces, right? But like you could you could basically put a Bitcoin into eight decimal points or a Kyber token yeah, exactly. in eight, right? Exactly, right? Like people can get like ten to minus eight Bitcoin, right? And 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 they're still happy with that. So even if we like burn all the Bitcoin in the world, right? And 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 we are left with only one Bitcoin. We can still split that into like you know uh, ten million more pieces, right? And, and and people can still be happy and 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 can still very easy to hold that one small pieces, right? As long as it has the value. Um, but in real world current currency, you know, what's the smallest that you can can split into, right? Um, uh, of, of the one dollar bill, it's still one dollar bill. You cannot like you know uh, tear it into half and then like give the other half to other person but they do, they do have coins and cents they have like coins and cents right oh we, we do we do yeah but you know um if you keep burning and 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 you keep happy to uh you know minting new coins uh and 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 inventing new new uh basically new new uh, new coins that that is really like inconvenient for the users right but but here or you know in crypto you can just do it and it's very easy right and and people have been doing it all the time. So in terms of like real world adoption of the deflation model, I'm not sure. But looks like it's it's working on on uh, you know for all the cryptocurrency tokens that yeah. are using that burning model. It feels like deflationary uh, metrics kind of fit the because I feel like there's two different sides of the crypto story, right? There's your cryptocurrencies. And then there's your crypto assets. And I think it's important to make a kind of a delineation between those. But it seems like, um, you know, it, 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 the crypto asset story plays better because it makes sense that, you know, a deflationary model would work well for assets, but not currency, um, because you would reduce the supply of those assets over time, making it more scarce. Um, but anyhow, that's kind of a tangent. Let's keep moving on here to uh, like, let's just talk about, you know, what the future is for Kyber Network. You, what's the next big release you guys got coming up? Um, so I think a lot of work have been done in the background to improve uh, the liquidity that we have on Kyber. We have been talking to uh, several professional market makers to ask them to, uh, you know, bring their market making service on chain, right? So that so that we can uh, offer much better liquidity on Kyber, and and which in turns have a lot other uh, DApp that have integrated with Kyber, and we are also like, experimenting with a couple of uh, things. Uh, the first one is that we are doing a lot of experiment. Hey guys, Tivo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. 
That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recorded, they're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy video lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy video lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy video lock. That's E-U-F-Y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y video lock. Eufy video lock. Get complete control over your front door. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. with centralized governance. Uh, so we have, uh, you know, we have did a couple of activities with Aragon and DAOStack. So the, the, the whole idea here is that we really want to learn uh, from the community, you know, what works, what doesn't, right? Because uh, I, I believe that every community will have a different, uh, you know, governance model, uh, different technology that, that, that serve that community. And, and the best way to find out is just to do the experiment, right? And, and, uh, that's, that's what we have been like doing in the last uh, few months. Um, and we probably, you know, do the third activity soon, um, toward the end of the year. And, and, and you can find out, you know, uh, what, what, uh, what we, uh, got from all the, all these, uh, you know, this DAO experiment, uh, from our blog post. And we, we, we all have, uh, you know, the report for each of the activity. Um, so just go to blog.kyber.network to to see that, and yeah, and and another thing is uh, we are also like you know uh, exper- uh, like like observing and and and, and experimenting with uh, all the uh, scalability approach that are being uh, uh, developed in the Ethereum ecosystem. So recently, there's uh, you know Rollup and uh, and um, a couple of other layer two solution. Um, so these um, these activities uh, will require a lot of time, 
uh, and and we also have to think it, uh, like to develop them in a way that it won't impact uh, you know the current ecosystem that Kyber is building because you know if you just look at the number of DApps and wallet and and all the different partners that have integrated with Kyber, we have more than seventy of them, right? Like seven zero, that's that's a lot. So we we just don't want like, to have uh, an upgrade that that uh, you know that that introduce a lot of pain points to the end users. And, and to the partners that have integrated with uh, with Kyber. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's pretty much it for the next uh, few months. And uh, yeah. Decentralized governance is such an interesting thing. I love it. It's that. almost like letting your kid go to school for the first time. You're really, you spend years and years molding something into your own image, and then you hand over the keys to the community <laughs> and you hope for the best. Uh, what are... What are some of your biggest fears about you relinquishing control over the community? And what are some of your highest hopes? I think the, um, the highest fear is that, you know, the committee with us don't care, right? They're like, you know, you guys have been doing a good job. So why don't you guys just continue doing that? Like, why, why do you want to push, uh, you know, the kid to us, right? And, and I think I, I have seen that in a couple of like other, other uh, project, you know, they, they launch uh, decentralized governance and only a few people actually participate in the voting. Uh, and, and that's just, just very bad, right, for, for, for uh, you know, for the project. Um, and, and it's no better than just letting the team uh, running it and making all the decisions. But I think, uh, I mean, that's why, you know, we have been doing a lot of experiment and see, uh, you know, which one is going to work and whether and what's the feedback from the community, whether they are interested, uh, what makes them uh, vote and what makes them uh, uh, you know, run away from the voting and then things like that. So anybody um, who holds uh, a KNC token is considered, if they stake it, they could vote on how, and for people who aren't familiar with the term staking, uh, you, know, you basically place your token, you lock it up, and then you get, for locking it up a privilege on the platform. So is that how it works on your platform? Um, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's for how voting. That's how it works in one of our experiments, right? With Aragon. Uh, but in another experiment, we, uh, you know, we also like try to bring other uh, ecosystem partners to be the voters, right? So the idea here is that you have, you can introduce the new token that you call the voting tokens, right? And, and you can distribute that voting token to, uh, you know, to the KNC holders, you can introduce the token to the liquidity providers. You can also, uh, you know, uh, send the token to the people um, uh, who run the wallet, who run the DAP that integrate with Kyber. Uh, so basically, the idea here is that you know the the Kyber ecosystem is actually much broader than the KNC holders. But it's just one of the experiments, right? Um, that 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 we run. Uh, and and uh, it, it turns out that both uh, both actually um, both actually uh, work uh, like like you know just just KNC um, token holders or KNC token holder plus other ecosystem partners. So so I think um, and and I think that's that's also like you know one of our biggest hope in uh, in decentralized uh, governance. We hope that you know the, the the people will just you know participate more. And the people who will, will, will be more engaging, right? Uh, in yeah, um, in developing their protocol, in in making proposal, in uh, you know, um, 
applying for grants, uh, you know, voice uh, voice the idea, uh, what's the direction that they think uh, is gonna work, and they, they, they will just work on it in getting support from the community, from other DAO members and things like that, right? Um, and and if if that happens, then then I think um, you know uh, that 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 is a successful DAO. Otherwise, uh, you know, uh, we we can just switch back to to uh, what we are having right now, right? I like it. Hey, Crypt Nation! Real quick interruption from our wonderful sponsors over at Etoro. If you guys haven't had a chance to check them out yet, I mean, we talk about them every day. Um, you guys should really go check them out. Just go to crypto101podcast.com slash eToro. And Pete, why don't you tell them about them? What is eToro? It's one of the easiest ways to buy and sell crypto with confidence, first of all. Uh, they've been around since 2007. Uh, all the assets they have on there have been looked at really, really well. It's legal in over 140 countries and trusted by over 10 million users. So if you're not one of them, Why? Yeah, seriously, you got to be asking yourself that question. And, you know, they've been around since 2007. Uh, they started trading crypto assets in 2013. So these cats are the real freaking deal. And my favorite aspect about it is that it's so beginner friendly and it's so expert friendly, but they give you this $100,000 virtual trading simulator so you can practice, you know, executing trades and, you know, technical analysis and all that kind of stuff before you actually put your money where your mouth is. So that's my favorite aspect of the whole thing. My favorite aspect is how easy it is to sign up. I didn't have to wait days for KYC to be approved or anything like that. Literally within two minutes, I was able to use my account. Yeah, it's nuts. Anyhow, guys, as you know, not all platforms are created equal. So go ahead, check it out for yourself and then uh, hit us with a DM and let us know what you guys think. All right, back to the show. How long have you been building businesses for? Um, so we have been uh, building Kyber for more than two years. Uh, it, it's been live uh, for uh, a year and a half. Okay, awesome. You know, I mean, a, a lot of us here listening have never built our own business, but are maybe thinking about building our own business one day. Um, so what would be some advice, like maybe the number one rule of building your own business or a rule of thumb that you kind of always found helped you uh, be a successful CEO? I think um, you know for for you know a a project and a, a startup in uh, in this space in the in the cryptocurrency space. I think just uh, you know move fast and and don't be afraid of like, doing experiments because uh, a lot of things that that um, you know there are a lot of things that we don't know right and and the only way to find out is to do experiments and experiments and if it doesn't work, just, you know don't be afraid of shutting it down and switch to a new one. Uh, you know, the space is just—it's moving too fast, and 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 people will just forget. You know, your your previous failed experiment, right? And if you have if if you have a, a success one, then everyone will just remember that. Yeah, people forget how early we are in this space. Um, you know, I always like to think back in the early days of the internet. You know, in the early '90s, I mean, that was even you know, even the mid 80s, uh, people could have never imagined the full potential of the internet. You know, you could have never imagined that you could be uh, downloading or streaming 4K VR, uh, you know, because the bandwidth wasn't there. And there were so many things that weren't there. But you know, 20, 25 years later, and you know, now it's more than text, right? It's it's that 4K VR experience. So kind of right now, we're in the beginning stages of building crypto. But you know, what, what's kind of the end vision in your mind? Like where, what's the logical conclusion that we can go uh, with streaming value and streaming money? 
I think we uh, we really need to find a way to uh, to have the connection with the traditional finance, you know, because there are still like a lot of value uh, flown uh, within the traditional financial system, right? And there are a lot of users. There are a lot of like people who are using it every day. Uh, crypto, on the other hand, we still you know a small group of people working on something that uh, that that is you know very new. Uh, it's, it's very disruptive, but we still need to find a way to actually serve the broader uh, uh, you know part of the world, right? We still need to find a way to actually apply the the crypto, the, the blockchain technology. Uh, to uh, connect, you know, um, all the traditional financial use cases, and and serve the the, the mainstream people, uh, the mainstream users. Um, so I hope that you know, in the next five to ten years, we can actually do that, and and can bring a lot more, uh, you know, uh, value and use cases uh, from the traditional finance world to to blockchain and to uh, you know, especially the public blockchain like Ethereum or even Bitcoin, if it's possible. Talking about decentralized exchanges, is it sort of like a dark web rather than, you know, using something where they might have insurance or, you know, they've, they've got all their registrations or stuff? You know, is there any reason that a nice, honest, normal person would choose to use a decentralized exchange? I think, um, you know, there are, there are different ways to implement your decentralized exchange, right? You can you can have uh, a permissionless decentralized exchange in a way, like what Kyber and and Zerox and a few others people are building. Uh, basically, you can just you know free to trade, uh, you know open to trade. You can just uh, plug in your wallet and, and and you can trade anytime. But you can also build a permissioned decentralized exchange, right? That means uh, you can you can uh, have the KYC system. Uh, do all the AML check and and all the financial uh, and all the activities that the financial players have been doing uh, to onboard the users uh, and the the matching and the settlement engine are going to be decentralized, right? And um, I think that's that's a way to work with um, you know the the, the, the traditional financial uh, the traditional financial use cases uh, because I think for for them uh, they care a lot of, more about rates. You know, uh, AML and then all this thing, uh, as as we have seen in you know a few debate recently uh, about Libra and, and a few other stable coins. Uh, so so basically, it's not it's not a dark web. Uh, it's not it's not a place. I mean, if if you if you uh, if you implement it properly, right? It's not a dark web. It's not a place where only like illegal activities or illicit activities happen there. Uh, if you want it to be proper, if you want it to have a you know, certain policy to be implemented and still do it. I know a lot of us here in this space, we think of decentralized as definitely the best way because we understand why. But to the average person, they're thinking, you know, a bank is someone that I trust. They have insurance. So they're a trusted third party. And then if you go to a trustless system, their mind immediately says, oh, untrusted rather than trustless. Trustless means right. no trust is required because there's no people there. It's all just code. It's all smart contracts. And cryptography. And right. cryptography and decentralization. So it's this whole living, breathing organism unto itself without one single point of failure. And that's the great part about it. But 
until you understand that, you just think, oh, it's an untrusted system. I don't know if I want to go there. Uh, all these rules and regulations that I know are in place at this other area aren't in existence over here or may not be in existence over here. And I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. But I want to mention, you know, very, very loudly that decentralized, trustless environments are absolutely 100% the best way to go because you're in control of your own money and your own keys and your own destiny. But also, I mean, should be. just Pete's just a real quick take the devil's advocate side. I mean, think about one of the reasons why crypto assets are so speculative and there are such great risks, you know, and great rewards, right? Like think first off, what other ecosystem has 99% drawdowns and still on legitimate projects, right? So that's one thing. So there's great risk and great reward and kind of how we say it's 100% the way to go. Well, dude, we saw Parity get hacked for $150 million or whatever it was back in November, I think it was 2017 or maybe 2018. And there's all sorts of different hacks and elements of our ecosystem that, you know, even though it's decentralized, there's still bugs in the code. So I think that's why the risk reward profile is so attractive is because it's so untested and there are so many bugs that are getting kinked out. Like, I, I, I don't, did do you know if the, if Parity ever reimbursed like Loy or Pete's or anybody, you know, whatever happened with that? I don't know, but that's a really good point. I, I don't think parity like reimburse people, but I think uh, the the you know this kind of bug still happens in the traditional uh, and centralized finance case, right? I mean, like we are still in the early days, so this kind of bugs are still uh, expected, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? You know, but I don't, you know, I don't think that five years down the road we still you know experiment this kind of bug, right? We we still experience this kind of bug. Um, so kind of all be so, all the bugs will be fleshed out. You think by that point? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, because, you know, if, I mean, of course, we, we can still, like, you know, miss one or two cri- critical bugs that people only discover after 10 or 20 years. Like, just similar to how open uh, SSL bugs uh, were di- discovered after 20 years, yeah. right? Uh, but I think the, I think, um, you know, if, if we give the technology, if we give the, you know, platform and everything uh, enough time to test, I think, I think uh, it's going to be, robust enough for anyone to use. And, and, and really, like, the way I view, um, you know, decentralized trading and, and, and uh, all the decentralized platforms is that, you know, it's a place where you can trust, but at the same time, you can also verify, right? Because everything is transparent. Everything is, is out there, and you can, if you, if you need to, you can just go to the public chain and you can just verify all the generation, all the parameters, right? But... Meanwhile, on the on the centralized system, you said you can trust them, but you know, like there's no way that you can actually verify what's happening in the background, right? Whether they use your fund to send it, you know, to to support you know illegal activities, you have no way to verify. It, right? Yeah, right? it's because they Only, keep everything behind closed doors. Um, and exactly. so on, that's yeah. another point that's often overlooked in these public blockchain networks is like. You, you know, we say, oh, yeah, everything's public and transparent and auditable. But like, what does that really mean, right, for the average person who's not necessarily going through and looking at the raw blockchain data? But you have to trust that, you know, you know, game theoretically in these public systems that, you know, all the knowledge that's available is priced in. And once somebody finds out, you know, because, you know, everybody is parsing through the blockchain in real time every minute, just, you know, waiting to monitor a double spend, waiting to monitor a crash, waiting to monitor this so they can hedge their risk. And so 
you know, people forget like the, the importance of these public networks is that even though you're not monitoring it and, you know, somebody is and you'll, you'll know about it. Like, for instance, that one, you know, there was an inflation bug in Bitcoin that got found, maybe call it six months ago or something. And, you know, you could have verifiable proof that it was never exploited. But at the end of the day, it's like there are those bugs that still get found. So it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, but I do think that, you know, we have come quite a long way from 2017 and even last year as 100%. well. We have lots of firms now that are really on top of the stuff like Chain Analysis and Coin Firm and Parsec. Chain Code Labs. It, yeah, so there's all these companies that are now looking at this and monitoring and issuing almost real-time alerts if money starts to disappear when it shouldn't have and potentially even... Uh, have the ability to freeze those funds at the exchange level and return it to their rightful owner, which yeah. is something that two years ago was unfathomable. It would have caused a hard fork if you even mentioned it. Seriously, seriously, dude. And, it's a great and I was trying to think of any other industry that has a 99% drawdown and still goes on thriving. <laughs> and I actually thought of one. <laughs> oh my Are you God. ready? No, I'm not ready. I don't want to know. <laughs> Motocross. <Pretty good. laughs> Motocross. <laughs> That's right. Only in motocross doing and those daredevils can they fly off a mountain, break 18 bones, and come back to race in another year or two oh with a big smile on their face. <laughs> Only crypto and motocross can you handle these drawdowns. We are all suckers for pain. Let me just say that. I think everybody- We're the crypto- financial daredevils. We are the financial masochists. <laughs> or is Absolutely. it sadists? Which is, the, which is the one that likes the pain? I think that's the sadist. Anyhow. No, the sadist <laughs> likes to inflict the pain, the masochist. Why am I explaining this to you? <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's move on. You set on. me up. I set you up. I set you up. But I don't know these things. Anyhow, Loy, while we still have you, again, first off, thank you. We, you spent an hour with us, and this has been a lot of fun. Are you having fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just been great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know, this is one of the things that we like to ask everybody we bring on the show. Kind of just some closing questions to get a little character and hear more about you know, who you are and what, what kind of makes you tick. So, you know, who's one person and it doesn't have to be in crypto. It doesn't have to be anything specific, just one person in the world who has made a deep and lasting impression. And what was that impression? Uh, let me think about it because uh, I've been interacting with a, a lot of like interesting people. Uh, but recently, I watched uh, you know the Netflix series about Bill Gates. About who? And I think I, about Bill Gates, right? Who's that? Oh, Bill Gates. Bill, oh, Bill, Bill Gates. Gates. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think I just you know I just have more reason to to admire him and uh, as a person, as as a human being, and you know as 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 a genius who invented like you know Microsoft and everything. But now he actually like you know spend a lot time and resources in trying to solve other bigger problem in the world, you know, from the basic one like a toilet to, uh, you know, uh, like sustainable energy and, and all these things. And I think that's, um, that's, that's a great uh, human being that, 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 uh, that we are lucky to have uh, in, uh, in, in, our, in our lifetime. Um, so basically, I think he just, yeah, I think, I, I think he just motivated a lot of people uh, like young people and and uh, people who want to to innovate to keep solving problem to to improve our world, uh, and of course you know he's solving a much bigger problem uh, in, in terms of scope and 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 
and um, but it is still you know it's still like inspire and and motivates uh, like people like me to keep like doing what we are doing that's awesome and to close it out if this was the first podcast that someone getting into the space had heard what would you want them to know um yeah crypto is awesome decentralization is awesome uh you know you can you can try your first tab on kyberswap.com or on any other wallet that integrated with Kyber. Classic. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, guys, I actually highly recommend downloading Kyberswap on the iOS store on Android. I use it. Uh, great decentralized exchange, safe, very principled. And Loy, it was quite a pleasure. Are you going to be at San Fran Blockchain Week, by the way? Uh, I'm gonna miss it, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, just too much of travel lately. Yeah. So the team wanted me to stay. <laughs> well, they're smart. <laughs> they care about you. They know that uh, if the leader goes uh, goes down, then they're gonna be stalled. <laughs> so, Loy, where can the good people of Crypt Nation reach out to you if they have any other questions? Do you have a Twitter or something else that you prefer to be contacted at? Yeah, I am on Twitter at uh, Loy underscore Liu, and uh, you know I'm uh, always active on our Telegram channel as well uh, at Kyber Network. Amazing, fantastic, perfect. All right, Crypt Nation, that does it for us today. Thank you so much for joining us and spending a whole hour with us this morning or this afternoon. Maybe it's on your way to work, uh, falling asleep, whatever it is, guys. Thank you so much, and we will see you very soon. Lloyd, I hope you're not falling asleep on your way to work. <laughs> well, that's it, dangerous. It, it is either <laughs> or. <laughs> thanks, thanks thanks a lot guys yeah it's been great yeah. awesome this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.